0: Let's stand and worship together this morning. Clap with us. At the weight of your glory, I needed shelter. shake hands with somebody that you don't know. Christ who lives within me Christ who lives within me
1: Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. God, we've come here this morning to lift you up, to praise your name. God, we pray that as you look down upon us, Lord, that you would smile because you see your name lifted up, your son. Father, we thank you for the greatest gift to mankind, and that's Jesus. Thank you for for that gift. Thank you for the gift of eternal life for all of those who put their faith and trust in you. And so, Father, as we close out this year, 2017, we know, God, that you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So we know that we can count on you not to change, but to love us just the way we are. And so, Father, uh, we just give you this time. Lord, we pray that you'll be with Rich as we've praised you in song. Now, Lord, we praise you through your spoken word. And God, I pray that it will penetrate our hearts like a double-edged sword, God. Chip away anything that's hardened in our heart that we might move up closer to you, Father. Father, I just pray that we would be a people that seek you first. Father, we love you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. It's all about you, Jesus. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. It's cold out there, right? It's chilly. I love it. (laughs) Now you can go. Well, uh, we have something coming up this next weekend that is really, really important for all of us. You know, it's really important for all of us to strive to be healthy, right? Healthy physically, healthy emotionally, and healthy spiritually. And what we're all about here is personal spiritual growth and growing together as the body of Christ. And so we provide opportunities for all of us to grow here, including the leaders. We need to grow as much as you need to grow. And so this coming week, we've got first week, and here are the speakers that will be here.
2: What if he's building something in you that's gonna change someone else's life? He's building something in you that might save someone else's life. He's building something in you that might help elevate someone else to heights that they never thought they could get to.
0: Would
1: you be okay with that? Our first, first, first calling is to reflect this gift of love.
0: To receive and reflect this gift of love. Because before we are the people held accountable for getting it right... Hear this, we are the people held accountable for whether or not we look like love and sound like love.
1: who you're sitting next to. You never know what connections
2: God is bringing to your life because to you, it might just be talking to them. If to you, it might just be encouraging them. To you, it might just be praying for them, but God may be preparing an
1: apostle Paul and you don't even know it. That's why relationships are so important. And that is first week. And what that's all about is on Saturday evening, we will begin uh, our services and that will be our uh, regular time, 6.02, and then Sunday morning at 9 and 11. Every single one of those messages will be different. Dr. Sam Chan will be here. He's a friend of ours, and uh, he's always inspiring and uh, can help us grow spiritually. And then Monday, we will have a pastor from Richmond. He actually is the pastor of our uh, um, the church where our grandson attends in Richmond. And then on Wednesday, uh, John Middendorf, who is from Oklahoma, He's been here before. Maybe you've met him. Uh, we'll be here. And it's going to be a great, great week now. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 6.15, we'll have dinner. And uh, so you can come and fellowship and eat together and then grow spiritually after that. I can promise you that God will be here. The Word of God will be delivered. And each one of us will have opportunity to grow closer, closer to the Lord. So I encourage you to block out your calendar and make sure that you don't let anything else come uh, ahead of of this time that we have at the very beginning of the year to focus on on growing spiritually. It's going to be a really good time. Now we're going to take our tithes and offering in just a few moments at this next song. We're so thankful for your faithfulness and we want to call your attention to year in giving. We're so thankful that... Uh, y- uh, you're willing to give, and this will, every penny will go to the Thanksgiving offering that will go to meet the needs of other people. So if you have some money that you just need to get in by midnight tonight, uh, and the benefit of that is, is uh, you can use that on your taxes. If you want to get a tax receipt for that, it has to be in by midnight tonight. Uh, if you already have that in the mail, it'll count when it shows up in the mailbox tomorrow, but uh, year in giving is, is uh, happening right now. Midnight tonight is is the cutoff for that. All right, we will be having a. Oh, let me say, let's check into Facebook. I saw some check ins there, and it's really always awesome to say to your friends hey, I go to Salem Fields Community Church, and it's a good place to be on a really, really cold Sunday morning. Uh, And then also the connection card is in there. If you're a guest with us today, we would love for you to fill that out. We're not going to do anything weird with that. We just like to keep track of people that come in and out of the doors. We also have a free gift for you as you walk out the door this morning. There are some uh, cute little... Ornaments there, and you can take one of those and pack it away for next year, or you can hang it up somewhere, or you can use it. You can actually use it to make cookies with. So um, the, uh, let's see, where was I? Oh, the all-church meeting. That's coming up. (laughs) We've got an all-church meeting. What we want you to do is just save the date for this because we'll be bringing you up to speed on everything that's been happening with Rebuild. If you don't know what Rebuild is, come to this meeting and you'll find out everything that you need to know. We've been doing this for a period of time and it has been extremely successful in moving Salem Fields Community Church into the vision. And then Buddy and I will also be sharing with you the vision of Salem Fields for this next Year and we would encourage everyone to come to that meeting. And uh, it's kind of an informative meeting and and uh, just a good time for us to get together. Okay, we're gonna continue to worship through our ties and offering.
0: Like the frost on. A- Winter comes for us all Oh, how nature acquaints us With the nature of patience Like a seed in the snow I've been buried to grow For your promise is loyal from sea to sequoia. And I-
2: be seated. So I love that song. I love the, the line in that song, seed to sequoia. And if you know anything about sequoias, they're the most massive trees. But the reality of that tree is that seed needs the harshness of winter in order to grow. So if you find yourself in a winter season here this morning, if you find yourself in In just a season that feels cold, that feels like it's getting long, and it feels like it's getting grueling, I want you to know that your harvest will come, so do not lose hope. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you guys had a fantastic Christmas. Everyone have a good Christmas. All right, so did we. I I love Christmas morning with two little kids because just seeing the joy on their face and how much they love it is the greatest Gift of all, you know, I'm really excited to to share with you guys here this morning a, a message that God has really just put on my heart and has really been working on me about, and so I'm excited to to share it with you guys. See if you can relate. Uh, you know, the cool thing about New Year's is it naturally gives us this um, moment to reflect, to to really look at our new year and and see the things that we want to change, to see the things that that we just want to see perfected or, or uh, to really just evaluate how far we've come. You know, how many of you are into making New Year's resolutions? Anybody? Five of you. Well, we're, I'm not into making them either. Uh, my wife and I, what we like to do is kind of like a month leading up uh, to New Year's. We start to pray for God just to give us a word over our entire year. And so my word last year was lead. So I literally went into 2017 just really wanting to become the best leader that I could be. So really just seeking out uh, books and seeking out just the teachings and everything else that was going to equip me and make me a better leader. And so as I've been praying this year, I feel like the word that God has giving me is effort. And that's not because I don't give effort, but it's because I feel like God is looking at me to do uh, a little more in certain areas or to take a little extra steps to see something come to fruition in my life, so if you haven't done that, I want to encourage you. It really is just valuable, and it really just kind of sets your year on the right course. Well, this year, this morning, we're going to be talking about the follow through, and this whole idea is that uh, you know what we need to be people that follow through with our commitments, and and I want to share a story. You know, going back, there was actually a, a you know a group of people within the Bible that really struggled with the follow through. You know, and you may be able to reflect in your own life and say, you know what, uh, I'm really good at making commitments, you know, I'm really good at uh, having the best of intentions, but I really struggle when it comes down to it, when push comes to shove, and following through, I, and I know that's me. You know, I I can have ambition all day long. I can set goals all day long. You know, I can really just always have the best of intentions in my heart. But when it comes down to actually achieving what I set out to do, sometimes my follow-through lacks. So how many of you can kind of relate to that? Maybe not across the board, but maybe there are certain components in certain areas of your life where you really do struggle with the follow-through. And so the Israelites kind of had this problem as well. You know, God raised up a leader called Moses while the Israelites were in captivity in Egypt to Pharaoh. And so God raised up Moses and called, them, called him to lead the Israelites out of Egypt into a promised land that he had set apart for his people. A land where they were going to be free, a land where they were going to have blessing, a land where they were no longer slaves. And so God performs all of these miracles to get the Israelites out of Egypt because the reality was Pharaoh wasn't going to let his slaves go. So God performs all of these signs and wonders to drive Pharaoh to this breaking point where he says to the Israelites, just get out of here. I want you out of my land. And so the Israelites leave and the same God that performed all of these signs and wonders with them while they were in captivity, as they come up, they have to cross the Red Sea. And so they start to doubt, well, God parts the waters of the Red Sea. Meanwhile, Pharaoh has a change of heart and he's chasing after them with his army. And so the Israelites cross through the Red Sea on dry land. And then as soon as they cross over, the waters come back and completely wipe out Pharaoh's army. Now, the reality of that, if that wasn't, if what happened in Egypt with all these signs and wonders to get them out wasn't enough, he, God parting the Red Sea really should have said, showed the Israelites, man, God is with us. God's hand is on us. No matter what we face, obviously God is going to lead us and he's going to help us. Well, the reality was that an 11-day journey to the promised land ended up taking 40 years. And it took 40 years because the Israelites lacked a follow-through. See, they had their eyes set on the promised land. But as adversity started to hit, as struggle started to happen, they started to question God. They started to doubt. They started to grumble. The very God that was providing them food along this journey, every morning they would wake up and there would be bread out there for them. How awesome is that? Didn't have to go to the grocery store. Didn't have to go and hunt for their food. It was literally there. But then they started getting tired of bread. So then they wanted meat. Well, then God provided the meat. Well, then they got sick of that. Well, God's also leading them every day. He's covering the sun, to give them shade during the day. And then by night, he's leading them with fire. And so consistently, God is doing all these amazing things around them. But the grumbling continued. God would give them commandments. And they would start off with the best of intentions. But then they would start to fall back. They would start to fall back into old habits. They would start to be disobedient and not follow through with what God commanded them. And then all of a sudden, God gets to the point where he says, this generation will not enter into the promised land. And so, if you think about it, the reality was they spent 40 years on an 11-day journey, all because they could not get their follow-through right. And I wonder how many of us find ourselves going around in circles, find ourselves coming up every single year to the same problems, to the the same struggles, to trying to get through or, or perfect the same things, all because we're neglecting God and we're trying to do everything in our own power and we're just going around in circles. Well, I wanna actually look at this next generation of Israelites. See, God said that the old generation wasn't going to enter in, but God raised up a new leader after Moses died and his name was Joshua. And God charged Joshua with leading this new generation of Israelites into the promised land. And so what happens is, they come up, the promised land is on the other side of the Jordan River. So they come up to another body of water. And God once again, just like he did for the old generation of Israelites in parting the Red Sea, God parts the Jordan River so that they can walk on dry land. Now they don't have an army chasing them this time, but it's still the exact same miracle. They walk through on dry land, and they take their very first step into the promised land. And so that's where we're going to pick up in our scripture. And we're going to look at Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take 12 men from the people from each tribe, a man, and command them, saying, Take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. So essentially what ends up happening is they cross over on dry land and God wants each a man from each of the 12 tribes of Israel to pick up a stone and essentially build this memorial. Well, what they would have done with these stones is they would have stacked them around in a circle, the very same kind of circle like this wedding ring. And see, this ring signifies my commitment to my wife that in sickness and in health till death do us part, no matter what, I'm going to remain committed to her. And so in the same way, this memorial was a symbol to the Israelites by God saying, you know what? I'm committed to you. I am for you. I'm going to lead you every day of your life. I am keeping my end of the commitment. And I've once again proved that I am with you by parting the Jordan River so that you could walk on dry land. And so this will be your starting point, my commitment with you. Now you need to make sure that you also keep your commitment to me. So it was the same reality, the Israelites were able to see the commitment that God made to them. But it was also from that point that this generation of Israelites had to make a commitment that they were going to follow God no matter what. And so we're gonna use this story because I feel like we can pull five things that can really help us to make sure that we stay true to our commitments, that we don't just make them, but that we follow through with them. Step one, I believe it's personal accountability. See, I believe that we have a commitment problem in our culture. We've gone from commitment being marked with a period to commitment being open-ended. Whether marriages, jobs, plans, goals, whatever the commitment is, the status quo seems to be, I will until I won't, or I do until I don't. And in a culture that is attempting at every turn to deploy this wrong thinking, it's going to take us holding ourselves accountable to our word and doing what it takes to see it through. You see, God charged Joshua with leading his people into the promised land. And Joshua answered that call. But he committed to it, but the reality was that making the commitment didn't magically take Joshua to the point of obedience or easy street. It set the goal, and it displayed the will of God in Joshua's life, but Joshua had to respond. He had to persevere, and he had to follow through. And no one was going to hold him accountable but himself God, See, Joshua's entire life was spent fighting battle after battle, before and after entering the promised land. Yet for a life that was marked with opposition, Joshua's faithfulness to God never wavered. He always followed through with everything that God commanded him. And you see, I believe it was because Joshua was aware of both of the results to succumbing to adversity and growing from adversity. See, his whole life was spent seeing both sides of the coin. He watched as the generations before him wandered in the wilderness due to their lack of follow-through. God would command them, they would disobey. They would set out encouraged by God's faithfulness just to start complaining when things wouldn't go their way. And I believe that Joshua saw that and he refused to see the same result take place in his life. You see, I believe that Joshua chose to have a change in mentality from the generation before him. See, the generation before him liked to blame their circumstances on God. They they liked to blame everything on Moses or they liked to blame their circumstances on what they didn't have instead of taking a hard look at themselves and what they were doing to contribute to the cycle that they were in. You know, I think we can do the same thing sometimes. You know, I wonder if we find ourselves with those same problems in need of the same changes, making the same resolutions because we have the same mindset that we did before. See, we want God to fix everything. We want everyone else to change around us. We want just for the problems to work themselves out, all the while putting ourselves in the same environments, with the same routines, surrounding ourselves with the same people, and keeping the same attitudes. See, God didn't change for the Israelites to enter the promised land. The Israelites had to. They went from disobedient to obedient complaining to praise, a shift in mindset, taking personal accountability to be different and made sure that they were getting right with God. We need a mentality shift in those areas of our life that we're feeling like we're coming up short and not following through. Are you willing to hold yourself accountable to your word and to your commitment? Because that's step one. Joshua stepped forward and he made sure that while he was in charge, He was going to follow through with everything that God spoke, starting with this memorial of 12 stones. Are you ready to be accountable to yourself? Are you ready to be accountable to God? Because that's step one. Step two, don't compromise your commitment. Don't compromise your commitment. See, when you choose to commit to something, you're choosing to follow through. We're not choosing to stick with it until it gets too hard. We are choosing to commit until something better comes along. We're choosing to remain steadfast in the good and the bad, no matter what. But like I said earlier, we become a society that allows commitment to be open-ended. But I actually wonder, is our struggle really with commitment, or is it the fact that our commitments are built on the wrong things and for the wrong reasons? In other words, what's the motivation behind our commitment? What's the motive behind my desire? Because if the goal isn't first and foremost to please God in my life and in everything that I do, then I have already compromised my commitment. I've already set myself up to fail because I have not grounded myself in a firm foundation. If my motivation for choosing a new job is strictly about money, then my motive isn't God, it's money. And when that commitment gets challenged or the pressure starts to pay a toll, then you might find yourself within that job wandering in the wilderness, missing out on that promise of peace and stability. If my motivation for coming to church more regularly is to make myself feel better about the other six days of the week that I didn't seek God, then my motivation is off. And eventually the cares of this world will carry me off of my commitment. If the commitment of any relationship that I am in isn't first and foremost to please and honor God, then when the relationship gets challenging or there is difficulty, what is going to sustain it? Don't compromise your commitment before it gets started by leaving God out of the equation when he should be the driving force behind it. If it doesn't honor God, then it probably isn't a commitment that we should make in the first place. You know, I find it extremely interesting that this altar, this 12 stones, were stones. You know, they still had to go and they still had to conquer Jericho. They still had to go in and drive out the enemies that were inhabiting their promise. And there were still challenges before them. But this was the spot that they were going to leave from to conquer every battle and to return from after every battle. The very starting point for this new generation in entering their promise was going to be this circle of 12 stones. Just on the other side of the Jordan River, the same Jordan River that Jesus was baptized in, the same Jesus that said, everyone who hears these words of mine acts on them like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell The torrents raged and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. Twelve rocks in a circle. The Israelites choosing to build their foundation, to enter into their promise on the rock, making their commitment first and foremost to God so that when the battles came and the struggles challenged their faith, they would stand firm and follow through. Because they were not built on sand. They were built on the firm foundation of their Lord. But we also need to be wary of compromise, even if we start out with the right motive. Because the moment we start compromising is the moment we open the door to falling off the wagon. Now, let me give a New Year's resolution type of illustration. You know, so many people make diets, you know, I want to eat better in the new year. But think about how many diets have derailed because you start compromising eating that one donut. Just that once. And then that one donut turns into 12. And then because you ate that 12 donuts, then you know what? I've already eaten that. Might as well eat these chips. And then you know what? I eat these chips. I might as well go to Golden Corral and eat everything that they have. It happens to me way too often. So... But that's the reality, that the moment that we start compromising is the moment we open the door to falling off the wagon. And it's the same with sin in our life. The moment we give room to the enemy, the moment he starts to open that door, wider and wider. We compromise. We think we can put one foot outside of the word just a little, but before long we find ourselves in the deep end, with our head in, up to our head in destruction, and we justify, we reason. You know, I know God says that and and I know it's wrong, but just this once, then, then I'll start to do things, right? Or this can't possibly be having a negative effect on my life. But then you open the door to compromise and your follow through starts to stop. We have to keep our eyes on the goal. We have to persevere. We have to press on. I love what Paul says to the Philippian church. He says, so let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything that God has for us. See, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that you're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running the same course, headed for this same goal. There are many out there that are taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times, and sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is easy street. They hate Christ's cross, but easy street is a dead-end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Belches are their praise. All they can think of is their appetites. But There is far more to life for us. Don't compromise your commitment. Be steadfast in honoring God and be steadfast in what you've set out to do. Don't let the voices and the temptations and the world try to pull you off track from where you've set your mind to go. Set your mind, commit, and follow through. Step three, reflect and remember. Reflect and remember. You know, I love the show, Fix her up, or I was actually up a little too late last night watching it. Um, but I love the reality of the show because what they do is they take something that's beaten, something that's broken down, something that's falling apart, and they make it look absolutely amazing. And my favorite part is the reveal where they put up this big wall of what the house looked like before, and then they pull it away and they show you what the house looks like now. You know, and I love that image where you could see where you, it once was this, and now it's this. You know, and this whole concept is actually why they want you, when you're doing a diet or or you're starting a workout plan, they want you to take a starting point picture. Because they know eventually, in the process, there's going to be those days that you want to quit There's going to be those days that you want to give up. But if you can look back on that picture as opposed to where you are now, it's going to motivate you to keep going forward because you're not where you were. You may not be where you want to be, but you're not where you were. And it pushes you to keep on going. And it's the same thing with this 12-stone altar that the Israelites built. It was going to be the place that they could come back to, that they could know, you know what, we spent 40 years in the wilderness we not, might not even be a hold of all the promise. We might still be fighting battles to stay keep a hold of our promised land, but we are not still wandering in the wilderness. I have this memorial right here to show that I'm not where I was. I'm right here with God's faithfulness all because of God. And so we have to have that ability too in our lives. You know, we we have to be able to, to have a place where we can reflect. You know, we meet, need to make sure that we take The time not to dwell on the past, but to remember it, because it will motivate us to keep pushing forward. See, Joshua and this generation of Israelites saw the results of unfaithfulness, and they saw the fruit that came of it. And I believe that that reality would have been in the back of my mind every time I wanted to doubt or question. Every time I wanted to quit, or whenever I faced a challenge, or whenever I would have been faced with something that would challenge my faith, I would remember the fruit that was sowed from a lack of faith, and I would choose faith. See, some of you have to remember the bad relationships to appreciate the good one that you're in now. Some of you have to remember those long days doing a job you didn't like to truly appreciate the one that you have now. Some of you have to remember the struggle in order to appreciate the peace that you have now. Some of you have to remember how God showed up then When you least expected it, in order to believe that he will do it again in your current situation, our follow-through gets a little stronger when we can see the progress. And you can't see the progress if you don't take time to remember the starting point. And it's a whole lot easier to believe God for the future when you remember all that he has done in the past. It's in his word, it's in your testimony. And he is the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that is exactly what that memorial represented to those Israelites. And it is exactly what today can represent for you. If you choose to take today to make it the starting point, to make it the memorial where you're gonna get right with God, you're gonna do things different, you're going to follow through. So five weeks from now, you can look back, you can see the progress and you can say, you know what, I see the memorial where God moved in my life. I'm not where I was. I might not be right where I want to be, but I know I'm in the process. And that is exactly what step four is. Trust the process. We have to trust the process. See, as you reflect and you remember, you'll realize that your maturation and the results of your commitment are all a process. You don't just arrive at the other end of the goal instantly. It's a journey And it's through the process that it actually equips you for what is beyond the goal. See, if the goal for the Israelites was crossing over the Jordan River into the Promised Land, then the journey itself equipped them for Jericho, which was still in their sights, the battle they still had to conquer. See, the 12 stones were a memorial of God's faithfulness, a faithfulness that was proven time and time again in the wilderness, magnified once again just before crossing into the Promised Land, And it was the faithfulness and trusting God that they gained through the journey that gave them the faith and the trust to go and take Jericho. This generation understood that they weren't going to enter into the fullness of the promise without the fullness of God in their lives. They didn't stumble upon that realization. That reality grew in them as they witnessed their parents' failures, as they experienced a life of wandering due to disobedience, Joshua grew as a leader from watching Moses before he was ever commissioned to lead God's people. And I say this, the process leading up to the promised land was just as important as arriving at the promised land. Now, how many of us in our lives, we have these great ambitions, we know there's a calling on our life, we know that there's something greater in our life, but we feel like how is this situation that I am in going to take me to there? When if you are just obedient in the now, It is preparing you so that you are equipped and you are ready for when that time comes to step into that greater. The quick fixes and overnight successes of our society are facades. The real growth, the real maturation comes from adversity, testing, process. James 1 verse 2 says, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. It's the valleys, it's the dry seasons, it's the moments when you feel like you aren't making any progress. It's the times when you wanna quit. It's the times when it'd be easier to walk away. It's those moments that produce the sweetest fruit and give you an even greater revelation of the faithfulness of God. It's the follow through in the midst of the process that not only gets you from winter to spring, wilderness to promise, but it's also where you become, become more equipped and rooted for the journey beyond the destination that you're trying to reach. A simpler way to put it is, if your commitment is a one-year journey, then the process of that year can equip you for 10 years down the road. Every choice we make leads us somewhere. What if we looked at everything that we did as the most important thing that we had to do? I love how Erin McManus puts it. He, he says that if you looked at every at the very task and decision in front of you right now as the most important task or decision in your life, how would that change your efforts? How would that change how you handle and approach it? How would that change your efforts and follow through with it? Because the reality is, how can I ever sustain something greater in my life without building a foundation with the little things? We don't just get to where we wanna be. It takes faithfulness. It takes commitment on our part within the process. I'm not just going to have a good marriage without following through on my end. I'm not just going to raise great kids. It's going to take follow through. It's going to be a process. So what if I started to view this one day with my wife as what will give us the greatest marriage for all of our lives? Or what if I view this one day hour of playing with my kids as the most important hour that I will have with them and build upon it and build upon it. Because here's the reality. Joshua and the Israelites' obedience to setting up those 12 stones, something that might seem small and insignificant, was big and significant to God. And it was that first step of obedience that then led to another step of obedience and another step of obedience. It was a build I wonder what God has clearly told you to do. Something that might seem so small and insignificant, but is delaying what God wants to do in and through your life. Because if we can't be trusted in the small things, how can we be trusted in the big things? I wonder how many of us have stopped in the middle of the process because it was too hard. When God was using that process to prepare you for something far greater, And that leads me to our final step. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the prize. Don't lose heart, don't lose steam, don't lose faith. I'm sure it was a long 40 years for Joshua and this generation of the Israelites. And I'm sure at some point, they had to have asked the question to themselves, how much longer is this gonna last? And as they cross over the Jordan River, With Jericho still in their sights, many already dressed for battle, they knew that though their feet were in the promised land, they still hadn't fully grasped a hold of the promise. Let's read what happens next in Joshua 6. God spoke to Joshua Look sharp now. I've already given Jericho to you, along with its king and crack troops. Here's what you are to do. March around the city, all your soldiers. Circle the city once. Repeat this for six days. Have seven priests carrying seven ram's horn trumpets in front of the chest. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times, the priests blowing away on the trumpets, and then a long blast on the ram's horn. When you hear that, all the people are to shout at the top of their lungs. The city wall will collapse at once, and all the people are to enter. Every man straight on in. They stepped onto the promised land, but there's still a season of battle ahead. They've just walked around the wilderness in circles for 40 years, and now God is asking them to walk around in circles around Jericho. But here's the difference. The 40 years in the wilderness were because of disobedience and a lack of commitment. The circles around Jericho going to be a faithfulness they were going to be a trust and obedience and follow through I love how God tells Joshua look I've already given Jericho to you now here's what you need to do every single one of God's promises are ours but something is required of us faith and obedience God had already told Joshua I've given you Jericho But now there's something you need to do too, Joshua. Your faith and obedience to this are needed. God wanted Joshua and the Israelites to follow through with that. You know, some of us are one step of obedience away from the promise. Some of us are one step of faith away from seeing our prayer answered. The desires of our heart realized. Don't delay. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Follow through. You know, I'm pretty sure if we were the ones marching around Jericho, most of us would have been looking for some arrows to shoot or something. I don't know about you. But no, God wanted the Israelites to assert their authority over Jericho. But it wasn't their authority that they were asserting. It was God's. Anyone could claim a, a battle that was fought with swords and arrows and chalk it up to their might or valor. But only God could get the glory for a battle plan that consisted of marching and shouting. Anyone can keep a New Year's resolution with a little effort and self-discipline, but it takes a mighty God to break strongholds and addictions. Anyone can read self-help books and follow meal and finance plans, but it takes a big God to lead someone forever changed. Anyone can give more effort to a goal, but it takes a supernatural God to do exceedingly abundantly and more than we could ever imagine with our life. How big is the price that we're setting our eyes to? If it's anything less than God, you're settling for a wilderness promise and not a promised land promise. One is achieved through your own will and the other through surrender and obedience to God. And I can promise you, one is counterfeit and one is full. Joshua and the Israelites' prize was God's will and they were steadfast in their obedience. They marched around Jericho faithfully to the one whom they were placing their hope in building, all of their commitments on, they trusted him. They had their eyes on the prize, they had their eyes on God's will, whatever it looked like, even if that meant just praising him and waiting. The walls fell, the promise was theirs, but there was a period of waiting. And sometimes the follow through is just that, waiting. Sometimes the follow through is being still and knowing that he is God. Sometimes it's allowing God to do what only he can do and following through with trusting him in the waiting. If God is not done working, do not be done waiting. You might be committed to following through. You know what you say? I've been faithful. I've been obedient and And I want to believe that this new year will mean a new season. But it very well may be more of the same. Don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. The walls of Jericho are about to fall. The promise is close. You keep your follow through. Keep your faithfulness. Keep your praise. You know, so many people say a new year, a new you. But the reality is God's mercies are new each and every single day. He wants to always be making us into something brand new, something more and more like him, for we are made in his image. And our follow-through isn't about our efforts, it's just about our faithfulness in every season, in every moment. So let's stand to our feet. Let's just take some time. Let's just reflect Let's just worship. Let's just look at this past year, the good, the bad. And let's just ask God to just show us how we're to look at it. Show us what we should carry with us into the new one. Show us what we should leave behind. And as we enter into this new year, ask God to show you what you need to do to carry out your follow through. Ask him to show you how you can build your life upon the rock. Ask him to show you how you can keep your stride to make this year the year where you are completely sold out, faithful and trusting to our mighty God. Just take this time. Let's worship. Let's praise. And I'll come back up after the song and pray for us.
0: Try. triumph unfolds He's never failing He's never failing To take courage my heart Stay steadfast my soul
2: follows through with every single promise. You know Jesus is our truest example of follow through from manger to cross. Every single step obedience, every single step faithfulness. And it's the same God that conquered the grave, that conquered sin and that conquered death is in each one of us that put our faith and our hope and our trust in Jesus so that we too can have that same power within us to spur us on in every single season of our lives. And so with all eyes closed and all heads bowed, if you've never accepted Jesus into your heart as your Lord and your Savior, today is the perfect opportunity This can be your starting point. This can be the place of your altar where you can now go forward as a new creation. You don't need a new year to be a new you. You can be a a new you right now by putting your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. All you have to do is pray this prayer with me. God, I am a sinner. Forgive me for all that I have done wrong in my life. God, I believe that you came down to this earth to live a life free of sin and you died on a cross and it is through your shed blood that I am now washed clean, that I am set free. And I believe that you rose again three days later, laying waste to the grave so that I can now spend eternal life with you in victory. Now, if you said that prayer this morning just as a sign of commitment, yeah, that's me. Just throw your hand up in the air on the count of three. One, two, three. Amen, I see your hands. Awesome. Thank you, God, so much for these commitments here this morning. And I also want to pray a prayer for those of you you know, Joshua at the end of his reign as leader. He's talking to all the Israelites. And he's essentially, I'm paraphrasing, he says, I have led you well. But now you have to make the decision for yourself. Is your family and your household going to go the way of the world? Are you going to follow after all these other gods? You're gonna follow after all of these other things that society is telling you to go after. Or are you going to follow God? Got to make that decision for yourself now. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So don't enter in to the new year being on the fence about that decision. Because whatever commitment you make, whatever you set your mind to, whatever you set your hearts to, if it isn't rooted on the rock and it isn't rooted on the foundation of Jesus when the troubles come, when the challenges come, as they sure do come in this life, your ground's gonna be shaky. But he who builds his house upon the rock, he who puts their hope and their trust in serving God and letting that be the platform for every commitment, you will always have the promises of God and you have his spirit with you through your obedience and faithfulness. So if that is you and you wanna make that commitment, and you want to start New Year's with that commitment and follow through, just throw your hand up in the air right now all over the auditorium. God, I pray for these hands. I pray for these hearts that want to do that, God. God, that want to ensure that you are first in their lives, that want to ensure that their life, that their year is being built upon you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would give them the boldness and the strength and the faithfulness, God, to walk this out. God, to follow through with everything that you've called them to. Whatever challenge that they face, whatever you ask them to do that might feel hard, that might feel uncomfortable, that might require a step of faith, whether it looks like it's something small or something big, I pray, God, that you would give them the boldness and the determination to step out and do it, God. God, we're believing for you to move in our lives this year, God. We're believing for you to move in our homes, in our church, in our community, God. And we wanna be a church that follows through God with the calling of reaching this community and of reaching this world, Father, for your name. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We give you everything that we have for your honor, your glory, and your praise. For it is in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We love you guys. Happy New Year. We pray that you have a great night and a great day tomorrow. And we're praying for you for your entire year. We love you guys. We'll see you right back here next weekend as we kick off Revival. Invite someone to come with you. And we'll see you then.